Welcome to Strength for the Journey from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau. Today's sermon takes us to a passage we normally hear during Easter, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan gives us a slightly different perspective on this familiar story. Good morning again. Oh, that was terrible. Good morning. All right. Uh, hello, I'm Chris Pan. I'm on staff here at the church as executive director. Uh, and I'm always very honored to have the opportunity to preach. Uh, and I feel particularly honored so, um, today as I get to preach on this Sunday that falls right in between our two most significant national holidays. Uh, and that would, of course, be Black Friday last week and Cyber Monday tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, I hope you get a lot of great deals and that uh, you didn't get hurt or didn't hurt somebody else in the process. Uh, Of course, the real holidays that were in between are Thanksgiving last week and Christmas coming up in exactly 30 days. Uh, And I love Christmas season and I love Christmas music and I'm so glad that we've started singing Christmas songs today. My all-time favorite Christmas song is Bing Crosby and David Bowie singing Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth uh, together. If you did not know this existed, I was at Thanksgiving and I was telling somebody about this song. They'd never heard of it. I was blown away. This is a great song. I highly recommend it. It is awesome. Uh, My other favorite Christmas song is Bruce Springsteen singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And as we think about this season of Santa Claus and, you know, Black Friday, uh, it's easy to get caught up in the madness of this holiday season, thinking that the whole point is to get the best TV deal or to make demands from Santa Claus. Here's a letter to Santa Claus that I found posted online that perfectly captures what the season of Santa Claus feels like. The letter says, Dear Santa, you better bring my pony this year or there will be consequences. I particularly like the emphatic underlining of better and will. I love the creative spelling of consequences, but my favorite is the distinctly eggplant-shaped pony. There's just so much greatness in that letter. Uh, Pastor Tim Keller has pointed out that Christmas is actually two different holidays celebrated by millions of people at the same time. On one hand, there's secular Christmas, which is a festival of lights and a time of family gatherings and gift giving and Santa Claus. And given the commercial importance of secular Christmas to our economy, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But then there is another Christmas, a Christmas as a holy day with distinctly sacred origins and significance. And of course, for us followers of Jesus, the real meaning of Christmas is not Santa Claus bringing us ponies. It's not Santa Claus coming to town. It's that Jesus Christ is coming to town. Our sermon title today is Jesus Christ is Coming to Town. As you heard in Carolyn's beautiful testimony, today we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent derives from the Latin word for coming. It's a season of weeks before Christmas of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, as well as the return of Jesus and the second coming. With Thanksgiving just a few days behind us, let's collectively take a deep breath and recalibrate and refocus on the coming of Jesus Christ. As we enter this holiday season, I know that it's a hard time for many. It's painful and difficult. It's a time of stressful family obligations. There's lots of of end-of-the-year work and busyness for work or business. It's the the end-of-the-year tests and papers for school. 
It's a particularly hard time for those who are mourning and grieving the loss of loved ones. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is coming. And his kingdom is coming. And as we just sang, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And so today, on the first Sunday of Advent, let's take a deep breath and refocus on the expectant waiting and preparation for the approach of Jesus Christ. Will you join me now in prayer? Jesus, we do take a deep breath and we invite your Holy Spirit now to teach us and to transform us. We turn our eyes to you, our expectant, our coming King. We pray this all in Jesus' name. All God's people say, Amen. Jesus Christ is coming to town. Our passage today is Mark 11, 1 through 11. And we've been walking chapter by chapter through the whole Gospel of Mark in our Hope Restored sermon series this year. And for the first 10 chapters, Jesus has been traveling around the Holy Land. But here in chapter 11, there's a significant shift in the life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus comes to Jerusalem. And from here to the end of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus stays in and around Jerusalem. As we go through our passage and our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me? And what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me? What does he want me to do about it? Will you please stand, if you are able, and read aloud with me as we read together from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. Then they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, Why are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. If this passage seems familiar to you, it's because it's traditionally read on Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. And I love having this Palm Sunday passage for the first week of Advent because the themes of Jesus' entry as a humble king are so clear in both this passage and in the Christmas narrative. In the Christmas narrative, Jesus, the Savior and King of the world, God incarnate, is born into the world in a humble manger. And in our passage today, Jesus, King of the world, rides into town on a donkey, Our translation says colt, but it's clear from this text and others that it's the offspring of a donkey, so I'm going to say donkey. 
I think we've all seen the Disney movie Aladdin. So we know what a royal procession into a city is supposed to look like. A caravan of people, a grand display of power and riches, people riding on elephants. The Roman Christians at the time of Mark um, could easily understand the massive contrast between the pageantry that greeted Roman emperors returning to the city in one hand and Jesus' humble entry to the city on the other. When Caesar enters the city returning from battle, Caesar rides on a chariot pulled by glorious, prancing white horses at the head of a long and fearsome procession. And behind Caesar in his chariot is his whole army in their full uniform with their swords and shields and helmets and spears. Behind them would be all of the conquered people brought back as slaves, marching in chains and shackles. And behind them would be all of the loot and treasure plundered from the conquered land. Some historians have pointed out that on the day Jesus enters the city on a donkey, it's likely that Pontius Pilate was actually entering Jerusalem at the same time on the other side of the city. Pontius Pilate was the governor of the area, so it would be natural that he would be arriving in Jerusalem to maintain peace and order during the Passover. And so Pilate would be entering the city through the main gate, the west gate, in a procession like Caesar or Aladdin, with white horses and chariots and soldiers carrying spears and swords following behind. On the other side of the city, from the east gate, the back gate of the city, Jesus enters. And in contrast to Pilate and Caesar, Jesus enters on a donkey. Instead of a long procession of military might, walking with Jesus are a ragtag group of fishermen and a tax collector and a political extremist and prostitutes and various people healed from leprosy and blindness and deafness. And they walk with Jesus not because they are compelled by power to do so, chained and shackled like the prisoners in the Roman procession. They walk with Jesus precisely because they have been freed from their chains and shackles, because they've been healed from their infirmities. They walk not because power compels them, but because the love of Jesus compels them. You know, when when you read the Bible, one of the ways to really understand the text is to place yourself into the narrative, to imagine yourself in the scene as one of the characters. You know who I really identify in this passage with Jesus and his disciples entering the city with crowds, lining the street, waving palm branches, shouting Hosanna. When I read this passage, I picture myself as the owner of the donkey. There's a donkey in this passage and somebody must own it. And I think of myself as that guy. I'm this guy who's taken his favorite donkey into town. It's a special day, me and my never before ridden donkey. And perhaps I'm going to the market to sell my special donkey. And I've got my flyers all printed out. Brand new donkey, mint condition, never been ridden. And I go into town, and I tie it up in the street, and I go into a coffee shop, and I get my coffee, and I read the paper, and I come out, and my donkey is gone. And I say to the group of people standing there, I say, hey, what happened to the donkey that was tied right here? And they say, oh yeah, these two guys came along and started untying it. And we got your back. We said, hey, what are you doing untying that donkey? And they said, the Lord needs it. So we said, oh, yeah, that's cool. Take the donkey. (laughs) So they took your donkey. And I'm the owner of this donkey standing in the street thinking, the Lord needs it. I need it. It's my donkey. 
If I had a longer title for today's sermon, it would be, Jesus Christ is coming to town and he needs your donkey. (laughs) Our passage again today. Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find there tied a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. So I'm the donkey owner standing in the street. My donkey's gone. And I have this choice to make. Do I run after them and say, hey, give me back my donkey. That's mine. Or do I grapple with and wrestle with those four words and their profound implication on my life? The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. Why does Jesus need a donkey? Jesus needs a donkey because it's the fulfillment of a 500-year-old prophecy. The Old Testament prophet Zechariah writes this, 500 years before Jesus, Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Sing aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Jesus, the triumphant and victorious king, needs my donkey. Jesus is on a mission to command peace to the nations and establish his dominion from sea to sea and to the ends of the earth. And he needs to ride a donkey. He needs my donkey. A few weeks back, Pastor Dan preached about the rich young ruler who Jesus instructed, go, sell all that you have and follow me. And the rich young ruler couldn't do it. In today's passage, the owner of the donkey also has to choose how to react, but just about his one donkey. Does anyone here own a donkey? Of course we do. We all do. We are all donkey owners, except our donkey might be our time, or our energy, or our money, or our talents, or hard work, our intellect, or our very lives themselves. And one day maybe even today, someone will come along and say to you, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it and will send it back immediately. And we all will have a choice to make. Do we say, no, that's mine. I need it. Or do we say, it's yours, Lord, and give it away and wait for it to come back to us, changed. Because I'm pretty sure Jesus is true to his word, and he gives back the donkey after his ride into Jerusalem, as he promised. But the donkey comes back changed. And so the donkey owner now has to update his flyer. It's no longer brand new donkey, mint condition, never been ridden. He has to change it. It's now almost new donkey. Low miles, all city. Only one rider, Jesus of Nazareth believed to be the savior and king of the world. Which donkey would you rather have? Which one is more valuable? You know, right now you can buy a brand new Yankees baseball jersey for about $99. That's it on the left. At an auction in 2012, a used Yankees baseball jersey, once worn by Babe Ruth in 1920, believed to be the best baseball player ever, sold for $4.4 million. 
That's it on the right. The Lord needs it and will send it back immediately. The Lord needs what you uniquely have to give. You are a part of his plan and mission. And do we give to Jesus, believing that we'll get it back, changed and better and more valuable? Having been touched by Jesus, it's now one of a kind. I started coming to this church eight years ago. And at the time, I was a lawyer working downtown. I would come on Sundays, usually a few minutes late, and I'd drop off my kids downstairs and sit in the farthest row in the back, all the way against the glass. Those are the best seats. After the service, I'd pick up my kids and go home. I didn't volunteer. I didn't get involved in the community. My time was valuable, and it was mine. And a few years in, someone found out that I had gone to divinity school and law school. And at the time, the church was forming a committee that would explore if we should change the denominations. And so I got a call from Pastor Tim Shaw asking if I would help serve on that committee, given my unique theological and legal experience. And so the reason I picture myself in today's passage as the donkey owner standing in the street, wondering how to respond when I hear the Lord needs it about my donkey is because that's exactly where I was. But my donkey was my time. I liked not being involved because I could do what I wanted whenever I wanted. And I knew that if I said yes to being on that committee, I would get more involved and my time would be less my own. So I had a very clear choice. Do I respond to the need and say, no, my time is mine. My donkey is mine. Or do I recognize that I had been given certain resources and education and experiences for such a time as this, perhaps to be used in service for the greater kingdom and purposes of God. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus Christ is coming to town and he needs your donkey. If it's not clear, I said yes to being on that committee and one thing led to another and look what's happened. <laughs> so watch out. <laughs> but it will look different from, for you than it does for me because you have a very different donkey than I do. Maybe it's your time, maybe it's your money, maybe it's your very life itself. You know, every Sunday and all throughout the week, there are hundreds of volunteers at our church giving their time to the Lord. And I am incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. Maybe the day, today the Lord is saying to those who haven't gotten involved yet, saying about your time, the Lord needs it. Shuttle van drivers, parking attendants, ushers, greeters, the tech team, buildings and grounds, facilitators for grief share and divorce care, celebrate recovery, alpha, rooted, small groups leaders, military moms night out, children's and youth ministries, the prayer team, all run by volunteers. Every Christmas tree and decoration you see on campus today was put up by a volunteer yesterday and Friday. Every bulletin you hold in your hand was folded and stuffed by a volunteer who gave their time, believing that the Lord needed it and that they would get it back, changed and more valuable. If you walk around campus today, you'll see how we're serving our larger community. We're having a blood drive to support the blood bank of Hawaii. There's a bake sale to support care packages that our youth ministry will hand out to our homeless this Christmas. Gifts of love starts today. I encourage you to take the entire bulletin home with you and look at the ministries that happen here every week and listen to what the Lord is saying to you about getting involved. The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately.
Over $400,000 has come in so far for our 547 project for us to open a satellite campus in Kaka'ako. Praise God for all of you who have given, believing that the Lord needs it and that it will come back to you changed and more valuable. We continue to receive donations and we'll provide an update next week when Pastor Dan preaches. A short note here. You know, I grew up during a time when televangelists said that they needed $8 million or the Lord would call them home. A preacher was in the news recently because he said he needed, a 50, he needed $54 million to buy his fourth jet. I don't want to be that guy when I say the Lord needs it. To quote an old U2 song, the God I believe in isn't short of cash, mister. The Lord needs it not because he lacks something or lacks anything. The Lord needs it because he has a plan. In our passage today, Jesus doesn't tell his disciples, go into town and guilt trip someone into loaning me a donkey. He gives specific instructions to the disciples. Where the donkey is going to be, how it's tied up. Jesus already knows. He already knows about that donkey. Jesus sees when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. (laughs) Jesus already knows all that you have and what you have to offer. Today, you might think that you're just a donkey with nothing to offer or that the kingdom doesn't need what you have to give. But here is this indisputable truth. God knows you. God sees you. And you are valuable and vital to the plan of God. You have a kingdom purpose. God's will is going to get done with or without you. But your mission and your calling is that God desires you and desires that you fulfill your invaluable role in the advancing kingdom of heaven. If that is inspiring to you, great. If that is daunting, even better. If that is absolutely terrifying to you, now you know how I feel. (laughs) However you are feeling, I'll close with this good news. Jesus rides in Jerusalem on a donkey, and the crowd shouts, Hosanna, Hosanna. I always thought Hosanna meant praise. On Palm Sunday, all our kids up here waving palm branches, saying, praise the Lord, Hosanna. You know what Hosanna actually means? Save us. Save us. And right there is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the true meaning of Christmas and the good news of grace. Save us. Because we can't do it on our own. We need saving. We need a savior. On our own, we end up at the main gate of the city, cheering for Caesar and Pilate, cheering for a parade of power and wealth and domination over others. On our own, despair and loneliness threaten to overwhelm us. On our own, all we have is Christmas as a secular festival of lights. On our own, we're the kid telling Santa Claus, you better bring my pony this year or there will be consequences. We need a savior to save us. We need a savior to change us from someone who demands a pony into someone who loans out our donkey. Only Jesus can save us from ourselves. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, as we prepare for Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is coming to town. Let's freely give our donkey to the Lord and let's go to the back gate of the city and shout, 
Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus, save us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Let's take a few moments now in silence to come before the Lord. What is God saying to you? What does he want you to do about it? Speak freely and honestly with God now. Jesus, you are the God who saves us. So we turn our eyes to you this Advent season. We eagerly anticipate and prepare for your coming into our world and into our lives. Hosanna, Jesus, save us. We pray this in your name and in all God's people say, amen. We'll conclude our service in a few moments, but if you'd like prayer today, there'll be members of our prayer team standing in front of the Christmas trees on either side. Please come forward and receive prayer. But now receive this blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord had need of the donkey. He has need of you too. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. It all belongs to Him anyway. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ki'ona Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 930, and 1111. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the brand new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. Strength for the Journey is copyright 2018 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.